0: You're listening to Consider This Question, the podcast designed to give you insight into the minds of the ministry team at Sunnybrook Christian Church on issues of the day. A couple of years ago, we were reflecting on our wish that our congregation could somehow be privy to the conversations that we have in the hallways and meeting rooms around here at the church, and this podcast was conceived as the best way to do that. Now, if you happen to be listening with children present today, you need to know that our subject is pornography. There's nothing explicit in the dialogue, but we wanted to give you a heads up so that you can choose whether or not you're ready to have that conversation with them.
1: Welcome to another episode of Consider This Question, podcast here we do at Sunnybrook on issues of life and faith and discipleship. I'm here today with—actually, uh, I should introduce myself, Drew Moss, here, and I'm, I'm hosting today, which is not a role I'm usually in. Jim's not in the studio with us today, but it's myself, and I'm here with Scott Irwin, who works with our college ministry here at Sunnybrook. And with Morgan Weiss, who works with, what's what's your official title? Um, discipleship in high school and Maybe. junior high. Girls and guys, guys. and everything. Because you do teaching and all those things. So um, Morgan really does play a lot of different roles uh, at our church. Because she's she's kind of got her hands in all all kinds of places. She's going to be teaching at the table with our college stuff just next week. But yeah. Um, here with these guys and, and excited to have both of them and their perspective on these things because of the, the different areas that they work with. Scott does a lot of work, not just with college students, but also with um, a lot of the men in our church, and so they've, they really have a lot of experience in, in ministering to this area. That our question today that we're asking uh, is, how many people at Sunnybrook are using pornography? Um which is an odd one, I guess a little bit but um one we wanted to kind of tackle into so before we actually get to answering that question, which we do have an answer on that question um before we get to that, let me just kind of throw to you guys why this question why this topic and and why now what has kind of spurred this on in our staff to do this now? first of
0: all, I think you made a lot of people nervous <laughs> <laughs> by saying we have an answer to that by the way yeah, we have a number yeah um, and we'll explain that in a second but well, you know, I'll start um, this this topic. It's less and less taboo to talk about, um, which is which makes it easier to talk about. But it seems like no matter when we talked about it, it would have been too late. Yeah. Um, and and no matter how we talk about it, it it it's it's going to make somebody uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, you know. Anyway, we should have probably had this, you know, three years ago. Where there's never a yeah. time where we shouldn't have been talking about it. I think we do. I think we all do talk about it, but in terms of uh, the recent thing that's, that's kind of taken place is this guy coming in, a, a guy named Dr. John Fobert, who's come in and he's written a book, an expert in studying the, the effects of this, and that's really inspired us as a staff to really want to tackle this and, and, you know, like Paul says, um, expose the, the, the darkness into light, yeah. you know, in, in Ephesians 5. And I think and that's that's part of our job and that's what we as as followers of jesus need to do anyway so yeah yeah thoughts on that
2: um well scott has kind of been a primary person that when someone has come forward and said they struggle in this area because we know scott has helped people before we've just gone and either asked scott for advice to give to these people that struggle or we've sent them to scott one of the two and yay me yeah yay scott (laughs) way to go buddy (laughs) Um, but kind of what's happened is as media has become more accessible and easier to get our as porn as pornography has become easier to get a hold of and to view. and as it's gone, younger and younger people have the ability to to see it. It's just become more saturated i think in our culture sex has become more saturated more glorified i would argue that there's probably soft pornography just on your tv mm-hmm. um all the time and tv shows you watch um con i know even like with me some shows i watch i feel sometimes like i'm constantly fast forwarding scenes because i don't know if this is going to lead somewhere that i don't want to see and so i just skip ahead yeah because i just don't trust that it's not going to go there now on just on the TV and so um, it's just everywhere and so because of that we're having more and more people come and talk to us and as I've had women and girls approach me and talk about struggles they have I feel like okay I'm not gonna send them to Scott <laughs> so Thank you. yeah so but this still needs to be addressed and it's kind of what you're talking about it's it makes you feel uneasy it kind of makes my heart beat fast and my stomach churn but I also feel extremely convicted that this needs to be addressed because it is an issue and it really really is a something that can get me going to know that satan is lying and is taking our minds and screwing them up and um and i I just think it needs to be addressed so that's kind of where it started it's just kind of happened more and more often to where it's like i don't think we can escape this. yeah
1: we've we've all known about this we've I mean you know we're, we're working with students we're working with those kinds of things so we've we've all seen this stuff it does seem to me I, I don't believe that it's just all of a sudden got bad and it was fine before but it does seem like for whatever hmm. reason more of that has has kind of um come on our radar recently feels like more of us are having more and more conversations about hmm. this and seeing some of the devastating effects of it um uh scott mentioned that that uh, dr fobert had come and spoken to us john and his family actually used to go to sunnybrook um, when they lived in stillwater he's recently moved uh, i say several years ago actually he moved to, to edmond but um, does a lot of research and so it was good to get to have him come share with us and and he gave us a number that actually gave us our number in answer to the mm-hmm. question how many people at sunnybrook are are using pornography Um, One of the the statistics he gave us is that 64% of Christian men um, are viewing or or using, we are actually kind of intentional with that word, which we may get into here in a bit, but are using pornography on a a semi-regular basis at least once a month. At least once a month, 64% of men um, are doing that. And and that number skews higher um, with 18 to 30-year-old men, younger men, um, and, and our church is a little bit of a, a, a younger church in a college town. And then us, uh, 8% of Christian women are viewing pornography on a regular basis. So when you do the math, if we have on average in 2016, we had 1,200 people in this building every Sunday, 1,200 people attending church here. And so when you do the math on that and for how many, what percentage of those are men and what percentage of those are women and all those things, um, that comes down to um, 338 men in our church, um, viewing pornography um, on a somewhat regular basis. In the last month, thirty-three or three hundred thirty-eight men and fifty women um, that have um, been viewing por- pornography. And again, um, we are a slightly younger church, and so that that could be could be higher. There's no way to know this number exactly, but that's that's a large group of our people. And and those aren't just percentages or numbers; those are people that we're brothers and sisters that we're sitting in the pews with on Sunday. And, and, and on that note, you guys have actually had conversations with people in that faces and names. So um, let me ask you this question. How have you seen this affect people in our church? Um, that you've sat down to t- chat with about this stuff. And we're gonna, I'll kind of go to you first, and you can answer this as you've talked with kind of women in general or as you've seen this play out in high school and junior high and all those things. Share with me a little bit about that.
2: Well, I've talked to girls and women. So I've talked to girls that have struggled with this. The youngest has been like 13, and I think the oldest has been late 20s and married with kids. So in a lot of it... Um, I've seen has started through the phone, um, through sending pictures that are inappropriate. And then Mm. when that relationship's not prevalent, they have this inferior idea about their body and this, um, sexual organ and their brain has been stimulated. And so they search for it and they find it in other ways. And that that's Mm. what kind of spurs on the addiction. Mm. And so even some of the women that are married, it started with before they were married, sharing inappropriate pictures and having inappropriate relationships with their now spouse. And then it's just now they're in a relationship, this monogamous relationship that seems to be healthy, but they feel lonely. And so they have this maladaptive behavior that forms, which is just an an unhealthy, destructive behavior where they seek out something. Um, for comfort, and that seems to what they go to because they practiced it with their spouse at some yeah. level before they were together. Um, Snapchat has made that a really big deal because pictures just disappear. Um, it has become a way that you dare people. But even before Snapchat, I remember in high school that being a thing. I remember um, people I knew in my youth group that sent one another pictures of themselves with their clothes on, and um, for girls, they want to be very much affirmed by by boys and men and men are sex are uh, visually stimulated and so they request things and it's easy to do that when you're not in front of them and when you're not
1: yeah when there's face- a phone between you and yeah, it's, yeah you're not face
2: to face sex is already is already a hard enough struggle but it becomes even easier whenever it's not a person that's there and so yeah though especially for a girl who's already feels vulnerable about her body most of the time, right. it's a lot easier for that to be shared through a media source yeah. than face-to-face. So I think that's part of it, something that I've seen, something I've seen that's happened through through this with women and with, with I guess, junior high and high school and college specifically is probably um, sexual harassment increases, depression is a big deal. I think every one of the people I've met with have struggled with depression. Um, shame and secrecy, when I think of um, someone coming out with their deepest, darkest secret, it's like when a woman or a girl is talking to me and they're going, getting ready to confess something. Um, almost or I think every time that the confession has been pornography I've been able to know that before they even say it mm. because the way they talk around it and they just talk so much about shame they feel yeah. and embarrassment they have that they can almost not get it out of their mouth so mm. shame and secrecy is a pattern I see which keeps pe- keeps it hidden which mm-hmm. keeps it growing which we're going to get a, get at in a little bit um addictions are formed because it starts at such a young age and because it's so shameful and because it's so secretive that it's easier to form addictions and so they're trapped in it when they're adults and when they're in marriages um i've seen it affect their understanding of of sex in general so a lot of times christian girls will think i know these things are out of bounds for me and yet something has turned my brain on to this Mm -hmm. um, through something I saw even by accident. I heard a song on the radio. There's a new song right now that the lyrics are, I didn't know I was starving till I tasted you. Those are the lyrics. Mm -hmm. A girl might like that song and she looks up the lyrics and then she sees a video and it's inappropriate, but it stimulates something in her brain. And then she goes and she seeks that out. And then like I'm saying, you form addictions before you even know it. Mm -hmm. And then you're so embarrassed by it that you don't ever want to tell anyone. And it just Grows. Yeah. And then the natural thing that happens with all sin is um, that it pulls you apart of community. It really screws up relationships that you have, um, not just with the opposite sex, but with your friends and with anyone in the community of God and in the body of Christ and with your parents. I see it really affect secrecy with parents easily agitated typically younger people are very that are easily agitated with their parents or protective of their phone typically have something to hide on that um
1: well let me just kind of pause real quick for a second because I think you know you mentioned shame and and I think Mm -hmm. that really for for everyone in this uh, that's an issue I think Mm -hmm. that really can be a big issue for young women Mm -hmm. and older women Mm -hmm. because the statistics the statistics we even mentioned 64 percent of self-identifying Christian men and 8% of Christian women, it is a bigger deal amongst men, obviously. And I think a lot of times we think of pornography as only a guy issue, um, as only something, that's, that's what men struggle with. And women have their own things, but, but men, and so that, that very kind of reasoning and thinking and the way we talk about pornography and lust as though it is only something for guys, really does, I think, reinforce in young women a lot of times mm-hmm. that I'm the only one. Who, like deals with this I'm mm-hmm. the only one and I really do think that heaps shame on a person in a lot of ways you know um, Scott share, yeah. share a little bit of kind of your experience yeah. in, in ministering to people through this well I, th-
0: I think the reason that I think a lot of people would would that listening to Morgan would go how is that possible that women struggle with this I did, I thought that was a men uh, a man's issue and I think yeah. the reason the women are and it's an increasing number it's an increasing percentage of women and I think it's because of what it's our sex saturated culture but men have really driven that. And, mm-hmm. and absolutely. So, and so it's men are 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 you know, driving the this is what I like, this is what you know, this is what it's about. And so women are now having to change their understanding and, you know, like you said, reorient reorient their brains to go, Okay, I guess that's what it's about then. Yeah. And so that's in order the, I, for
1: me to be valued or wanted, yes. then I need to yeah. kind of align myself yep. with this mm-hmm. new picture yep. of beauty or... Yeah, yeah,
0: so you go back to the, you know, men in the sex-saturated culture where it's just, it's it's men are bombarded with these images and pictures, and so there's stimulation everywhere, right? Which leads mm-hmm. to um, the three A's, Fulbert talks about these three mm-hmm. A's of, you know, it's, is it, right now it's more accessible than ever, mm-hmm. it's more affordable than ever, and mm-hmm. it's um, you can be more anonymous than ever. Mm. And so, those three things are like fuel to this fire that now you can get it for free on your phone. Nobody will know anytime you want. It's like, wow. I mean, that's just whereas, you know, 20 years ago, you're, you're putting a trench coat on with sunglasses and walking into a store yeah. that nobody else would go into. Um, and so there's there's just there's a, there's so much that's happening. The numbers are showing. The percentages are increasing like crazy. Um, in terms of how I see this affecting, I mean, it, it's um, very few men that I that I really get to know and talk to about their struggles, don't have this issue. Don't yeah. have this as an issue. In fact, this is kind of assumed when I meet with college men yeah. or I meet with men. This is an assumed struggle, and even men are getting to the point. Well, yeah, everybody does, and so yeah, and so that it's it's discarded. Like, well, yeah, we all do, and 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 so there's this disconnect from how damaging this is and how. Um, <laughs> how disoriented men are from what healthy sexuality it really is. Um, it affects. I mean, it affects anything and everything. Relationships, marriage. It affects um, how they view women. I mean, as objects. I mean, there's just it, across the board. The numbers are showing. He talks about the in pornography. The um, the number of violence ce- violent scenes is exponentially increasing. <laughs> and so and so the number one requests for men on. Dating, first dates is ridiculous stuff. Like that would be so taboo. Yeah. Twenty years ago, it's normal now. Um, uh, the the talk the, they talk about the the science, you know, of your brain, um, the pathways that are created when when you when you have this desire and you go down this path, it creates this unhealthy pathway that you can't get rid of. That you can't. Um, not not you can't get rid of, but that. Is like a rut that your, yeah. your wheel is just going to fall right in every time. Yeah. And as soon as you have this desire, that's, that's the direction you feel led yeah. to go. And and when men feed that and create those neurological pathways, it really does. Like the brain science is crazy. Yeah. Um, the talk, they talk about, um, he talks about um, uh, erectile dysfunction percentages going up, skyrocketing yeah. in the last few years, in the last few decades. I mean, like. The, the the number of men that are unhappy with their sex life with their spouses because it's, it's it's easier to live in a fantasy world and to feel a pleasure than it is to work to earn the favor of your wife and work to have this deep relationship with a wife and so it's just it's, you know when it's that's hard work. It's easy to run to something that's mm-hmm. easy, yeah.
2: and not even just as it easier, but you've trained your brain yes. that this is where pleasure comes from. Yes. So even though actually this other thing can have so much more, yep. I, I think to offer Deepening, you, in, yep. but depth-wise and in yep. intimacy, you've trained your brain that this is what it is. You know, yeah. you
0: made it all about pleasure, and so therefore, why? Why do I? Yeah. You know, why mm-hmm. do I need my wife? I have. Yep. And so there is there is so much to this that is just a recipe for disaster
1: yeah this is you know and and i've kind of kind of with you in in doing college ministry i i find myself i just start from when i'm working with a guy and 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 talking to him i kind of start from the assumption that he is or at least has been viewing pornography yeah um and and whether that's a struggle now or a past struggle for him i start with the assumption that it's one of those two And, and sometimes i'm surprised and sometimes we talk and i find out that's not the case, but. More often than not, for young men, that is that is the case. They say 97% of men, before they go to college, before they graduate high school, have been exposed to online pornography. Yeah. So you just have to start from that. So yeah. 93k. Yeah, so, so you have to start from that. But here's here's kind of you know I'd say there's all these things you mentioned as far as the shame it brings and the failure to be connected to your spouse. Um, and the, the failure to be satisfied with the good gift that God has given in sex. You know, I, I really do think in our own context, you know, our, our biggest issue that, that we see it brings is that it, like any other sin, causes our hearts to grow cold to God, um, that, it, that it, it increases distance, that, you know, like that's what all temptation is, is a promise that this will satisfy and that everybody's doing this. And then when you grab a hold of it, um, the enemy tells us um, that, you're the only person who does this, and, and you're so shameful, and this is so— and and it just causes distance with God. It, it, it keeps us from being able to worship well. It keeps yeah. us from being able to be satisfied in Him. It keeps us from um, from being able to rejoice and live a life of, of joy in Him um, yeah. when this becomes the, the dominant theme of our life for so many people. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. consumes.
0: Yeah. We've talked about this with, in the, the last relationship series in the subject of sex that, that God created created us to be intimate with him. The intimacy is a, is a fundamental thing that we are created for with him. And therefore we, we get a taste of it when we have it, when we experience it with others. We get a taste of, of our deeper need to be, to be intimate with him. And this, this issue to me, you have sexual pleasure becomes like a narcotic for men, especially, especially men that are experiencing as, you know, uh, an ongoing struggle with this. It, it becomes a nar- narcotic to give a cheap fix to a deeper desire, which is to be intimate with God. Yeah. So you have this this narcotic-like experience, and then sexual fantasy, which is which is, you know, what happens is men escape in their minds with what, with whatever they're watching, is like a hallucinogen that offer, offers a quick escape from being stressed out and not feeling significant. Yeah. Yeah. so you have these two he- deep things like to be intimate with God what we're created for and to have some feel some sort of like I'm significant I, I make mm-hmm. a difference in this mm-hmm. world and and pornography attacks both of those yeah.
1: things well I'm glad you're actually kind of you've Move me into a, a, an area that I want to kind of ask next, and I think that you've, you're touching on some issues of why. This is, but this is my next question is, we know that, that all sin has the mm. potential within us to, to grow, to mm-hmm. multiply and just increase. Whenever you give your heart to something, it can just grow in you. But, but from what I've seen, and from what I think we've all seen, pornography, sexual sin has the ability to do that um, like maybe no other sin, mm-hmm. just to exponentially take off in a person's heart to explode and and so why is that what like what makes what causes pornography to do that in that way I'll, I'll start with you Morgan
2: well I think a few things but one of the things that we kind of have talked a little bit about is because it desensitizes you it mm. does that very quickly mm. you don't view it a hundred times and then learn to like it you view it just once or twice or three times and then you become interested and addicted to it and then when it doesn't when you're desensitized to that you want something different and you you want something different yeah
1: more sexual Mm
2: -hmm. sin it seems like always starts small and then it it go it it builds so quickly just like it does any physical relationship it it just it builds very very fast I also think part of it is because we um in in scripture we see like well, we see that people, when they got married, when they experienced these intimate connection with another person, it was really, really young, mm-hmm. and people we don't we don't do that until a lot of people don't do that until they're older, or like me, I have I haven't had that with anyone, and I'm I'm 28. I might never experience that, mm-hmm. and so if I'm not taught about the intimacy that I have that I need for for the Lord and and how that is all satisfying, I can begin to think where am I supposed to find that? Yeah, um, I think Miss misunderstanding i think we don't talk i don't this is another reason i think it grows really fast i don't think we talk about it enough um so it's always uncomfortable when it's talked about and i don't think it's bad to be uncomfortable i kind of think that's probably a good thing yeah, that yeah. it's a little bit uncomfortable uh,
1: yeah we we shouldn't be entirely comfortable no, with yes. no, no, yeah. no 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 no
2: no no that's not what i'm saying at all but if i you know as a little kid as your body's developing or in junior high or in high school or even late elementary if your body experiences something and because we don't talk about any sort of sexual feelings we, we could possibly feel or how God created us as sexual beings mm-hmm. if we don't talk about that at all and I feel something I immediately am going to feel like that is wrong yeah. and I'm going to want to study and figure out the reason privately yeah. I'm not going to want to talk about it because it's embarrassing and it's awkward and we don't talk about it and one of the things I've been reading as a parent um, to help like your own teen through and something I do with my son is I ask him regularly and I use the word pornography yeah have you viewed any anything any pornography have you seen anything what What are the kinds of things your friends show you on their phones um what kinds of things would you go and look up on you I mean I try you I try to talk about these issues it's yeah interesting. you
1: can hear you, you talk about the discomfort you can I can imagine right now parents listening to this I could never ask. I can't imagine asking my kid that question. You know what I mean? My
2: my son asked me one time, last week, when I was asking him questions, my son asked me, like, last week, he goes, he said, this makes you uncomfortable too, doesn't it? And I said, (laughs) and I was able to say, you know, kind of, but not really, because I really care about your heart, and I really care about your mind. Mm. And I actually, it makes me more want to bow up. And, like, go after wherever this is coming from and fight it with everything I can. Yeah. Because that's part of my job is to be your accountability.
1: Yeah.
2: And so, parents, you need to buckle up and be that. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. part of what you're called to be. Yep. And so that's that's one of the things. I mean, even I, I'm, we're getting ready to have a junior high girls retreat. And then in April, we're going to have a high school girls retreat. And one of the things we feel convicted to talk about are just some of these types of issues. And so I thought, okay, well, I need to taper this to – junior high age, which is 12, 13, and 14 years old, okay, so young girls, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to yeah. say things they don't really know about, because I don't want to bring out some sort of weird curiosity about things, yep. but I also want to address... That is actually
0: a danger, yes. Is, is, is yes. You talk, we say we don't talk about it enough, but then there's this also, when you start talking about so much and go, well, everybody's doing it, then, then young people go, well, well ask, what, what am it? I missing out on?
2: Right, right, so you have to be really careful yep. about how you talk about it, and yep. um, but one of the things I did is I have some high school girls that I work with. And so I, I talked about it, and I talked about it in in vague, not— and, and I just basically wanted to know with these girls who are dedicated to the Lord, who do not struggle with this issue, and who blush if you even would say <laughs> someone liked somebody, okay? Yeah. These girls. I just said, I just need to know, had you heard about these sorts of things— when you were in sixth grade. And all the girls said yes, yeah. Good, good girls making the right choice. And I started thinking back to me and I thought, yeah, I think the first time a a guy, when you said it's driven by guys, Mm -hmm. that's true with what I've found with women who struggle. Um, I think the first time a guy said something to me that was extremely inappropriate, that was related to something sexual was when I was in seventh grade um, someone requested something sexual me when I was in ninth grade. People I'm not mm. dating, people I'm not with. I'm this yeah. goody girl. I don't do those things. Still, it is something that's said out loud to me in person. Yeah. I can't imagine if I would have had a phone or, yeah. or a Snapchat. I can't even imagine. You want to play truth or dare? Yeah. You want to – What? I mean, I can't even imagine what would have come of that. Yeah. And so I think these things grow so fast because they're so – we don't know it's so awkward i don't know who i should go to talk about it when i experience it or when i see it or whenever it's brought to my attention Mm. so that's part of it
1: scott anything you add on that
0: yeah i mean like i said this this thing gets out of control quick because it is it is going after these fundamental things that especially the men that i talk with fundamental um identity kinds of things that they have a, a need to feel intimate and a need to feel significant. I mean, it is going after those things like a narcotic and a, and a hallucinogen. And, and so men mm-hmm. don't know when it, 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 like you said, it's not just a, you have to, it's not an acquired taste. It's it's something that like meth that hits you early and stays with you. I mean, you don't, it doesn't take long to get yeah. out of control.
1: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's good for us to, to be aware of the depth of the depravity of this stuff and and to be aware that that's in our church that that's in our people to to know these things and 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 to um so we can fight against so we can bow up against it as you say Morgan so we can mm-hmm. we fight against those things and pray against those things i do want to you know offer a word of kind of uh, hope in the middle of this even though these numbers sound depressing to say 338 of our guys here or 50 of our women here are viewing porn using pornography um, we say using not viewing um kind of a recommendation from fobert because it's it's not just passively kind of looking yeah. at it is consuming yeah. someone mm-hmm. for my own consuming yeah. someone else as an object for my own mm-hmm. pleasure and so we say using pornography um but th- there's some other stuff that fobert pointed out to us and that is that um when we say 64 percent of christian men are regularly using pornography or using it at least once a month we're talking about those who will check the box christian right we're talking about self-identifying christians in those things um whereas you know one of the other uh, numbers he gives is those who regularly attend church and that doesn't even by the way make you a christian right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it, it increases the odds that you are actually committed that this thing is your faith is something that you're building your life on those who regularly attend church are 76 percent less likely um to view pornography that to view online pl- pornography that it is it is less of an issue for people who are in the church i've, I've heard a lot of numbers um, through the life about how um, pornography statistics and sexual sin is virtually the same for christians and non-christians and i think that that is true when you are taking into account self-identified christians yep. people who just call themselves christians but do not actually build their lives around jesus numbers and research is showing actually that a person who's committing their lives to jesus that they have a much greater chance against this, that this is less prevalent amongst the body of Christ um, than it is amongst the world. And and that ought to be encouraging to us. Um, I think that we ought to see that there's hope in that. Now, I do even, even as I say those numbers, I can, even after I make that statement, I'm aware that there are some people that may even be more discouraging for. So you're telling me that when people are in the church, they're way less likely to do this. And if they're committed to Jesus, they're less likely to do this. Well, what does that say about me who... I'm trying to be committed to Jesus, but I am still in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into, in, in our next episode, I hope, um, into some more practical things about how to fight this and, and and how do we engage with this as a church community together, more than just kind of the one-on-one. But, but let me ask you this as we kind of close. Any, any words of encouragement you would give to that guy or that girl who's listening and feels kind of caught in the hopelessness of yeah. this situation?
0: Well, you know, Satan's great great what he wants to do is isolate you make you feel like hey listen it's not a big deal everyone's doing it and then as soon as you do he'll say i can't believe you're call yourself a christian so like there's this instant you know shame that comes with it and men don't want to talk about it women don't want to talk about it so to know that to know that you're not alone Mm -hmm. to know that other men are coming forward and and sharing and confessing and talking and that there are there can be a band of brothers here at this church yeah. that, mm-hmm. that can walk with you through these things i mean that's all available yeah. you know up up to like this men's encounter that's coming up next weekend i mean it, so there's there's opportunities that exist where you to be real with men and share the struggles and hold each other accountable um and so that that to me is the hope that okay jesus has provided some things for you um to make this yeah. To get get a, get a hold of it.
1: I uh, I mentioned at the beginning that we've seems like we've seen a recent surge of people coming and sharing that they're wrestling with this stuff, that they're getting caught up in pornography. Mm-hmm. That's actually not a bad thing necessarily. Yeah. That doesn't mean more people are doing it. it. That could be a sign that the Spirit is at work and yeah. and exposing this in people's lives and cause convicting them. And and yeah, you the, there are other people who are walking with this. Scott says mm-hmm. you can you can walk alongside them. Morgan, any any words you would give as we close out?
2: Yeah, um, I would agree with what Scott said that you have a place here that if you feel the shame and you feel trapped in that and you are wanting freedom from from the bondage to this issue, that you would be welcome to come here and we would rejoice with you in confessing this and working on this and bringing to light these dark things. And so that's encouraging to me. The other thing I would say is um, – Here at Sunnybrook, discipleship's kind of our baby. It's our heartbeat. It's our big deal. And we work on this issue of holiness and becoming more and more like Jesus. We talk about it a lot, um, being sanctified. And we do that through this process constantly that we kind of label repent and believe. Actually, Scripture calls it that, but we, you know, took it. Mm -hmm. So um, repent and believe. And when we're explaining that to people and helping them understand what does it mean to repent and believe we talk about it's understanding wrong thinking and changing your mind over and over and over again to believing the truth of scripture and the truth of the word being saturated in that in every area and I, when I read Romans 12 1 through 2 I become very 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 encouraged because so many of the facts of pornography focus on the brain and focus on the mind and Romans 12, 1 through 2 says this therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God and this is your true and this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And what encourages me about that is that the work of God's Spirit within us can reprogram the depraved mind that characterizes this world. Mm. I believe that. Mm. And um, so I believe that you can find freedom from this because of the Holy Spirit. And that is so encouraging to me. And I want people to know that that all satisfying reality so
0: yeah Jesus is the answer, and he is enough um, to bring freedom into this area and, and to follow you know, to follow him through it and he'll walk you through it. you know I love you know you' reminding me of um, Colossians 1 or sorry Colossians three one through one through four talks about f- fixing our eyes on him mm-hmm. and not the things of this world and uh, you know it says that he Colossians talks about Jesus having authority to reign over all things and it says that our life is hidden in him, and so our life is hidden in the one who reigns supreme over everything, including this this issue, and so it's not too big.
1: Those are good words. Thank you, guys. Um, hey, if you were listening to this, and, and you're one of those 338, or you're one of those 50, we um, want you to know this is, this is not just a topic for us to discuss. This is this is you, our brothers and sisters, and we want you to find freedom in Jesus. And so we would encourage you, um, speak to someone about this and, and, and let the church be the church and, and let the Holy Spirit do his work in you. Um, next time, hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about what this might look like in, in real practical terms. See you then.